Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi, guys. This might be a low-energy pod because everybody's feeling very tired. We've all given our stories of why we're tired. <laughs> yeah, but yours two, your two stories were, were better than mine because you went out for a curry after a rock and roll book launch or whatever. Mine's just because I have a child. That's not really the same ballpark, is it? Hey. It was a children's book launch, it wasn't particularly. I'm guessing the children weren't there. It wasn't very rock and roll. And as far as I'm concerned, there is nothing cooler than being a dad. There is nothing, <laughs> nothing cooler than procreation. I agree. Bringing up the next generation, Dave. We need it. Yeah. I, 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 you know, thank you. Thank you for getting up early for us. I don't look. If you could just put the statue on Barrack Road, I'll be happy. Okay. So, this is our last. We haven't had a podcast in a while, as is typical with what with us being the most amateurish uh, <laughs> podcast in the Newcastle United sphere, the most amateurish, but also the most lovable. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a pod. But this uh, is our first podcast since the season ended. So it's going to be a season review. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to give out some awards to uh, for best player and so forth. We're going to talk about how we thought the season would go, how we think it's gone. And we'll also talk about our hopes and dreams for the transfer window. Paul, we finished fourth. Happy with that? Or did you want a bit more? <laughs> Have a guess. <laughs> How could you not be happy with that? Like I, I remember the the pre-season pod feeling wildly optimistic, saying, "I think we're going to get seventh. And I think that was the most optimistic prediction out of the three of us. 
So yeah, quite. I, I don't mind fourth. Obviously, I'm really disappointed with the the drop off in form at the end of the season. I think Howe's position has to be under threat because of it. <laughs> we finished fourth and we got to a cup final. It's far, far beyond anything we thought we'd get. Yeah. Dave, for some balance? It's shit. I mean, we, we were in third position. It was ours. And throwing games away against, like, Leeds and uh, who else did we draw with around about that time? Uh, Leicester. Yeah, Leicester, for fuck's sake. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's, he's got to go. He's got to go. Get, get Steve Bruce back. No, of course it's a fucking brilliant end of the season. We're fourth. We're in the Champions League, for fuck's sake. That still keeps hitting me, the Champions League thing. It's been hitting me as well. What's weird is I think think I'm I'm right in thinking that we've only played three seasons in the Champions League. Is that right? I think that's what we've done. And the last of which was 20 years ago. But in my head... I've always seen us as a Champions League team who's just, <laughs> who's just dipped out for a bit, even though it's only yeah. like seasons. And it looked like it's like, oh, it's been 20 years. Yeah. I think a lot of your view on teams, is, I think it's just formed on who was where when you were like between the ages of 15 and 20. Yeah. yeah. It's like Coventry City feel like a Premier League team to me because they were in the Premier League when I was that age. <laughs> And Middlesbrough, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just shit like that. It's I, t- I tell you what it is. I for the like the fourteen years before Mike Ashley, I'm fairly. I, I don't know the exact figures off the top of my head, but we were in Europe most of them. Like th- there was there was a a period where yes, we were in like the Intertoto or the what is what was then the UEFA Cup or the Champions League, and we were in these competitions like. Pretty fucking consistently. So in my head, we're a European chasing side. And there were also less places for British teams, for English teams in Europe. So we were finishing like second or third or whatever and and being in the UEFA Cup sometimes. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I always saw us as a, a, a European club, but obviously for a lot of listeners... A lot of listeners won't remember us being in Europe. I mean, they're missing out because I remember we went to, um, I think it was Bayer Leverkusen, and through injuries and suspensions, we had to start, um, instead of Shearer and Bellamy, we had to start Shola Amiobi and Lomano Loire Loire in the Champions League, and we fucking won. (laughs) It's just... So, like, next, next season... I really hope we get to see Jacob Murphy in the Champions League. Oh, Just yeah. for the, the turnaround there from a disappointing loan spell at Sheffield Wednesday to that. Amiobi scored quite a lot of goals in Europe. Seeing, seeing as he's been mentioned, uh, Shola Amiobi, did you see the promotional video <laughs> that he presented this week? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if, you, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's on uh, the club's, all their social media. Some came out some point in the past week. Uh, Shola hosted, uh, like presented a, a a little video about the new training ground and complex and everything. 
in the start, and there are a lot of sort of references to his infamous MTV Cribs performance, which is also worth seeking out on YouTube. He's, he, he's not a great, he's not a natural presenter. I don't think we have one former player who presents the one show. I don't think I can see Shola being the next one. <laughs> I think JJ's JJ's jobs is safe. Yeah, but that's worth seeking out. Yeah. So it's, yeah, he, he's he's a very. I've I've heard from like other people at the club that he is a he's a really good lad. He's really like when you're speaking to him one to one or in a group, he's funny, he's engaging, and all the rest of it. But stick a camera in front of him, and no, it's not where his talents lie. He's and he's. I mean, uh, it doesn't feel right to find something negative to talk about, but. <laughs> Do his talents lie in being a loan manager? <laughs> because since he's done mm. it, have we had a single successful loan? Mm. I mean, Garen Kuhl scored the other day, but it's not been a good loan for him. No, he hasn't no. Been a lot, has he? No, but then there, there's broader context in the Hearts camp because they had a change of manager and they weren't in great form and then he couldn't really give time to Kuhl because you know, other strikers needed the time or whatever. But no, like I I don't I don't really see the value in sending a striker to the Scottish leagues unless you're sending it to Celtic or Rangers because they're not going to get as much time. So no. I mean Elliot Anderson did okay at Bristol. I ju- I, I knew we'd get onto this. <laughs> I knew we'd get onto loans. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, we've managed to take a week where there's so many compelling, interesting things we could talk about and deep dive oh, into yeah. the most boring bit possible. <laughs> the uh, the effectiveness of our loan management. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> wept. One more quick thing on, uh, on Europe. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's good news for BT Sport because they're, they're gonna get a new subscriber because I do not want to piss around looking for streams and stuff. I'm going to subscribe to BT Sport. I, I've been fantasizing about, as I often do, about winning the Euro Millions. Yeah. And I was thinking if I won, would I, obviously I would pump. This is like tomorrow night is like over a hundred million. So as far as I'm concerned, that's. Do what you like. Would I use that money to buy a box at the ground, or would I use it to buy my way into just a, a batch of season tickets? So I'd like to be at those European nights. What would you do? Would you get a box? Or would you get season tickets? Um, I think I'd rather get. I think I would get a box. But I would, I would also try and go to more away games. So I'd have the box first in James's Park, and and enjoy that. But I think I'd then I'd use the fact that I've got a box to make it more likely that I get an away game because it's easier to just farm out the box to like a group of people if you can't attend. But like giving up your season ticket seat, I just 
Oh. All right, there we go. Me getting on to another completely <laughs> fucking boring thing. <laughs> You're can listening I... to the season <laughs> review. Can I? So I've got something I wanted to talk about um, before we it's get on. It's not relevant, is it? <laughs> that would be a shame. <laughs> no, no. So I've been looking at our performance this season and it was kind of off the back of Pep Guardiola winning like Premier League manager of the season. And that kind of rankled with me because I think what he's achieved isn't that impressive given everything that he's got, like all the tools that he's got to achieve it. And I, I've found out just by doing a deep dive, 19 wins in the league. That's the most in the top flight since 2011, 2012. Um, 14 draws is the most in the top flight since 2004, 2005. Five losses is the fewest in the top flight ever. It's only been beaten by our um, season in the championship under Hutton, where we only lost four times. 68 goals is the most we've scored in the Premier League season since 2001-2002. 33 goals is the lowest, uh, is the fewest goals we've conceded since 1904-05, which is when we won the league. Uh, Plus 35 is the best goal difference in the top flight since 1926-27 when we won the league. And 71 points is our biggest points return in the top flight since 2001-2002. I mean, this is an incredible season. And I don't think it's getting the credit it deserves. I I think all football fans do this, though, and get too worked up about awards. It's just because our... Everything we read is about how brilliant Newcastle are, and we feel affronted that that's not everywhere. But then, no, so, Arsenal so, fans will be the same about Arteta as well. Exactly. So my point wasn't that. So that's why Eddie Howe should win Premier Premier League Manager of the Year. It was more that like I was having a look at well, how good is this season, and then I just came to realise it's unbelievably good. Like, forget about the Premier League Manager of the season. Because, you know, De Zerbi, Emery, O'Neill, Arteta, all of them have got good shouts. I'm just saying purely on a Newcastle fan, like, position, we've really got to enjoy that this season that's just gone because it was, like I say, like, fucking fewest goals we've ever conceded in the top five. Oh, no, sorry. Some of our, some yeah. of our loans haven't gone well, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's what this season will be remembered for. <laughs> Garon Kewell's lone spell. And it'll always be the season where people will say, should Elliot Anderson have gone out on loan? Yeah, those are the asterisks. Yeah. yeah. No, I just, I wanted to bring that up. Like, we, we, we jumped 22 points from last season to where we are now. 22 points. That's nearly as many as Southampton achieved in the entire season. If we do that no. every year, within two <laughs> years, we're going to be getting 250 <laughs> points at least. I so, just... uh, I'll tell you what we'll do, because we have uh, an utter full responsibility for this, uh, ravelled on quite a bit. So I, I, I want us to have a quick break before we uh, take a deep dive into uh, our awards for the season and we'll... we'll um, I'll see what you've been saying on Twitter as well. And, uh, and yeah, we'll do that. All right, break. Bye. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break. Lovely. Okay. Yeah, delicious. I'm going to go straight in with the award ceremony. All the stars are out tonight. The red carpet is down. Let the award ceremony commence. I'm going to start to hold people's interest. I'm going to start with the big one. With one of the big ones. Let's go start with player of the season. Let's go in big. Who, Dave, is your player of the season? For Newcastle United, this is, by the way. It's got to be Trippier. It's got to be Trippier. Okay. No player in Europe put more balls into the box created more chances well sorry he created loads of chances he's a leader he's like i just love him i just he's he and i think i think part of it is is um keeping in mind that when he joined we were a relegation side when we when he joined we didn't have botman and all these other like big stars or isaac he he has taken this club to his heart and carried us through games by himself. I fucking love him. I I will say that a couple of times during the season, I questioned his performances, but overall, fucking hell, what a player. What a player. I feel like he, I mean, a lot of the stats back up your argument. It's, it's obvious that he's had a really, really good season. But I still, in my like very unscientific memory, I, I feel like there's been like quite a few chunks of the season where I've, I've felt like his form hasn't been that good. Maybe because I just expect high standards, but me and Paul have been moaning about set-piece delivery quite a lot. And he's still had quite a few. I think his he's had quite a few assists from set-pieces and his expected assists, I think, a big bit. I mean, statistically, he has been our best player. And I think as well, just the the tone he sets as well. It's not just about him on the pitch, but him as a leader. It's yeah. There's so many honourable mentions, but I think I have to agree with Dave that you're going, you're going for Trippier for yeah. Fair enough. On the on fantasy football, he was by some distance the best defender in the Premier League, hmm. which again is not doesn't tell the whole story, but it. Does say something. Uh, my player of the season was going to be Joe Linton <laughs> because, yeah. although I think you could make a very good argument for Bruno, who's also had some dips in form, but when Bruno doesn't play for us, there's a marked difference in the amount of points that we get. Mm. We've not so, won without him this season, so it tells you how important he is, which tells a huge story. I mean. I don't know. I mean, Trippier has been ever present, so that hasn't been tested. But uh, yeah, I think you can make a good argument for Bruno. I'm just going with Joe Lidson because I went to see us 
twice this season, which is not a spectacular amount of time, but both times I just couldn't get over how good Joe Linton was. You know, just so strong. So it just just felt like such a presence on the pitch. Definitely. For me, yes, I think you could make a good case for any number of players. I think as well on Joe Linton, him getting a Brazil call up. Yeah. If you'd if you told me that two years ago, I I would have killed you. <laughs> I would have worried for the, the 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 health of the Brazilian football players. Yeah. Like they, they must have done like an uncle non uncle but was it King King, King Ralph, Ralph style. Yeah. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Well, as, as Stephen, planes as, went down <laughs> carrying Brazilian footballers. As Stephen Fleck pointed out, um, it wasn't even perhaps our, if you include ex-players, wasn't even perhaps our most surprising international call-up of the season, considering uh, Hosselu has been playing for Spain and scored a goal. And Hosselu has might been be linked to Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> All these strikers Rafa had at his disposal Hosselu, Tony, Mitrovic He couldn't get yeah. a tune out of any of them One one thing to, you know, just to add to Joe Linton Is that not only has he added like a, a goal tally to his season But some of the goals he's scored have been really fucking good this season Like, you know, well taken Especially ones where the pressure's on, like when he's like one on one with the keeper, you know, where he's got time to think. Because I think we said that maybe he's one of those players that he needs to hit it first time, you know, just hit it instinctively. Um, but he's now no longer kicking the football off his face, which I think is an improvement. <laughs> I think the other one to mention as well, just to have three different ones from three people, I would say. Well, you don't really see the difference he makes. Nick Pope is the reason we've been able to play our high press. We were mm-hmm. able to have such a high defensive line. You see, saw at the weekend against Chelsea when we have Dubravka and he's not capable of coming out in the same way. And we just look so much more open and easy to play through. Yeah. And of um, course, he's got the, the shot stopping ability as well. Yeah. Apart from apart from when his brain vanished against <laughs> Liverpool, which still baffles me. Yeah. I love it when people. I understand why they do, but I love it when people talk about goalkeepers having a, a shot stopping ability. <laughs> like, what would that be like? Their job, just well, shots. I think it sounds so basic. It's like talking about a football having a ball kicking ability. Yes. Yeah. I, appreciate I understand that. what you mean. Yeah. So uh, let's go in with another award. Uh, it's it's going to be a long ceremony, so let's get through them. Uh, most improved player. This is an obvious one, isn't it? I think we're all agreed. Do I even need to say it? I think there's. I've got a few in mind that have improved dramatically. I think there's a clear one for me. That has to be Jacob Murphy. Yes, that's the same for me, Jacob Murphy. I, I was I could have made an argument for Miguel Almiron mm, and, for, yeah. and for Sean Longstaff. 
because the like Almiron had that unbelievable spell where he scored, you know, eight goals in however many games. I can't remember. But the point is, he just went on that unbelievable run. And even after that, he still looks a goal threat, even though he fluffed loads of chances against Chelsea. But Yeah, he didn't look a goal just... threat on Saturday, uh, Sunday. <laughs> no, no, but he is like a huge improvement. And Sean Longstaff, Sean Longstaff, they were talking about him moving on to Everton and, and all the rest of it. And we were, we were like, he'll be first out the door kind of thing when the, when the regime comes in. But now he's... he's we're not the same. We're not the same inside without him. So I would say that you make a good case for both. I feel like Sean Longstaff's improvement came before this season. Um, I think as well. Longstaff was very highly rated before Almiron as well. Even though it was in MLS, they've sort of both had they both had highs that they dipped to. They dipped to new lows under Steve Bruce. <laughs> Whereas Murphy always seemed like we bought a youngster who was never really going to make it. And as we've learned, we're all baffled by his age still. Yeah. 28. Five years older than Joe Willock. Imagine that. But yeah, I don't think any of us expected him to play anywhere near as many minutes as he has done this season and has made a a pretty significant contribution. Mm. Almoron, I feel like, I hope I'm not right, but I wonder whether like that that period of goal scoring form might just be a sort of moment in time, a bit like showing my age here, a bit like Julian Joshim. Like <laughs> when Julian Joshim for like two months was like the best striker in Europe or something. Yeah. Or a bit like Joe Willock in his loan spell. Just yes. seven in a row. But I think the like the overall game of, of Almiron has has kicked on, hugely benefiting from Bruno and Trippier down that right hand side. Though that that link up between those three players is, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I think another honourable mention for Fabian Cher because the, yeah. the number. Of, did you see the the club account posted a video this week of him just spraying balls to the left wing? So many of our moves have started from him. And he's such a handsome fella. He's, he is. All right. And he's. He, have you seen what he's wearing to the awards tonight? <laughs> he should be the next Bond. But he won't be. But he won't be. Thanks to the... Uh, Thanks to the Wokerati. <laughs> They'll never have a... They refuse to have a Swiss Bond. Baseball. <laughs> Will there be a Swiss bond? <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go for another award. Let's go in for um, goal of the season. Sure. If you, if Does anybody want to go? Uh, I'll go. Um, I've got four. And right. I think, I can I have one of yours? Because I've done no preparation. <laughs> So, some maximums against Wolves. Uh, volley from about 20 yards. Oh, was um, it a really low volley? It was. It was yeah. very good. Um, Almy runs against Fulham, where it came over his shoulder and he... Um, yeah. yeah. Murphy against Spurs, about 30 yards out, yeah, uh, yeah. to take us to 3-0. 
Uh, Wilson's against, against West Ham when uh, he was about, uh, again, about 20, 25 yards out. Uh, lovely curling effort into the top bins. And um, and obviously Murphy's against Everton. Wilson also scored a really good goal in that Everton game that was completely overlooked because of mm. Isaac's incredible assist for um, Murphy's goal against Everton. So you, you've given us the short list there. You've Can I add one to the list as well? Go on. The, the Isaac one where the keeper came out really far. And he just stood oh, there with his, hands on his, yeah, with his hands on his hips was, watching it. No, it was West no, Ham. No, Wilson had one against Spurs away that was similar. Yeah. But yeah. And of course, Did you Fabian... that Isaac one um, celebration of the season? Well, I don't know, because then you got Jacob Murphy against Spurs just looking really baffled. Yeah. All oh, the yeah. Spurs celebrations, because it felt like everyone was just <laughs> finding it funny. <laughs> One other shout for a goal of the season on the first game of the season, Fabian Schaar from... There have been some really good fucking goals. But my personal pick is Alan St. Maximum's against Wolves. I think the technique to keep it low on the volley and it owed less to the assist than Murphy's tapping. I think for me, I'm going to go with Miggy just because of his face. (laughs) Good shout. I'm going to agree with Dave and go for St. Maximum's. I'd completely forgotten about that goal, but it was a goal of the season contender on match to the day the other night. Mm. It was. So was Murphy's, which is a bit of a piss take. Well, it's why? Because. Because it was a fucking tap in. Like, yeah, but that's. Yeah. You can have some of the best goals of all time have been tap ins because they've been team goals. So, but it was a tapping off a deflected cross. It is the deflection that takes slightly away from the beauty of that goal. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but I agree. So, Maximum. So, congratulations to Anna Maximum, who, uh, as it will surprise none, is uh, perhaps the most outlandishly dressed squad member of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, any other suggestions for awards? Oh, how about performance of the season? Please? Performance of the season. Just throwing these at you. <laughs> I would... Again, a couple come to mind. Uh, the the win against Man U, the 2-0, um, because I think it was a complete performance, and I think we... We that was when I really started to believe we were going to do something special because we just looked so much better than them and we looked like up for it. We were clinical and you know scored two good goals. It was a few um, weeks after the cup final, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one. Obviously, the 6 1 against um Spurs, but you've also got like Brentford. Uh, Fulham, West Ham, you know, we've we've put a, a few past them, but for in terms of performance, I would say it's got to be the 6-1 Spurs. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there's a very good chance whoever lived longest out of the three of us, and hopefully it's a good age, will never see a 45 minutes from Newcastle as good as that. 
first of all. Well, you two did see that 45 minutes. I only saw the second <laughs> half of that game. <laughs> you can watch the first 21 minutes on YouTube in, in its entirety. The, the Newcastle put it out. I'll get the tissues ready. <laughs> I'll tell you what was a, a long time ago. Was uh, it the war? Yes. <laughs> No, I was actually going to go for the French Revolution. Paul. <laughs> um, no, uh, it, it's a performance, I think, worth mentioning, and it wasn't even a victory, but it was when I remember thinking, oh, I think we might be really good this season. And that was the 3-3 against Man City. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, it was a really good game from what yeah. I remember. We were 3-1 up at one stage. Yeah. It, we, we looked competitive. Do you know what I mean? It didn't look like we were... Um, Man City improved a lot as the season went on, so we weren't playing Man City at their best. But it, it sort of said, oh, we are playing in a different league now. We're not, we're not um, just having a good game things aren't just going for us today i think what was best about that game for me as well is it sort of said we're not going to change the way we play at home for anyone there were games like arsenal away we sort of shut up shop and just tried to nullify it but but i don't think we've done that at home against anyone no i also think like for that game it didn't look like we were i don't know like playing above ourselves like in hindsight it's very much that's just we can be that good going forward we can be that impressive rather than it being like like if if St Maximum had scored all three goals by just having one of his games where he just can do anything um, it wasn't that it was a team performance where we deserved to go 3-1 up and yeah they you know they called us back but yeah it was a fucking great performance good shout uh, but I, I, I'm agreed, even though it was only really one half, I think the the game of the season, the award has to go to the Spurs performance. Mm-hmm. For it will live long in the memory. Uh, signing of the season. Pretty. Again, I've got a few. Okay. Short uh, shall I put one out there? Yeah. Botman. I think yeah. to, to come in in your first season... Sort of forget how young he is. Mm. First season in the Premier League, and to just be a rock in the. Are we, did we finish the joint best defense in the league? Yeah, thirty-three goals conceded, same as Man City. Now you think how long it takes. Even some players who've played in the Premier League for other teams still, like Nathan Ake at Man City, still needed at least a whole season at Man City to get a look in and to adjust. Mm. Especially when we he was joining a side where Cher wasn't like a I mean he is experienced in the in the Premier League, but he he hasn't been like a an exceptional centre half in the throughout his Premier League career. There were question marks about whether he could play in a back four. Hmm. But for for Botman and Cher to have that partnership when neither of them have like you wouldn't have expected either of them to be like top four centre halves. I think Botman's been amazing. And like you say, first season in the Premier League when he's still so young, that's, it's, it's phenomenal. Botman, for me, suffers from 
two instances of me being thick. <laughs> One, I don't have the football knowledge often to be able to appreciate the very, very top central defenders. Like the way people talk about Virgil van Dijk, I, I can't see it because I just assume he, he's doing, he, he makes it look easy and therefore I just don't really notice yeah. him being amazing. Botman may suffer from that, from my perspective a bit. And also... He's foreign. And this yes, is boring, I'm sorry, but no. also, and this is a real case of me being thick, the fact that he, Cher, and Dan Byrne have similar complexion, hair colour and length, hair cut, means that I quite often can't really tell which one of them is... How are you mistaking Dan Byrne for Fabian Cher? How do you mistake Dan Byrne for anything other than the Statue of Liberty? (laughs) But I'm not there on a... If it's a close-up and I can see him next to somebody else, obviously, it's it's a wide shot. It's not sensible soccer, though. I think there's enough to distinguish them. I'm just being honest. All right? Don't don't you get used to... Ben Bobby's not a short guy, is he? I think what Dad, what Botman suffers for for me is his positioning is so good that it, you struggle to see a like highlights reel of what mm. he does because he's never out of position enough to have to make amazing recoveries or tackles. And, yeah, I can only remember him doing like one or two like sliding tackles where most of it is just he gobbles up headers, he he like bullies um, centre forwards. He takes up excellent positions, and he is—he—he is—is not alone, but he is so deserving of a goal because he gets so many opportunities from set pieces that uh, it's well. We thought he got one, but it was—it turned out to be a Walcott own goal. But Jesus, like, yeah, I I love Sven Botman. The other—the other person I was going to mention was uh, Nick Pope, like. What was he? 12, 10, 12 million quid. Yeah. And he's been he's been fucking fantastic. One of the key reasons why we've got one of the best defenses in the, like best defensive records in in the Premier League is, is is Nick Pope. Not just because he's an exceptional um, shot stopper, yeah, but also is sweeping up like you were saying, Paul. Because so many of the the balls that are, would usually be like up. Uh, you know, contested by our centre half and their centre forward. He's already onto it and cleared it. So I'm going to change my answer. I was going to go for, I was going to go for Isak because I think in the same way Bruno last season sort of represented us uh, buying players that were of a, a completely different standard. Uh, to the sort of players we'd ever bought before and certainly this century and was uh, yeah to, was much wanted by other clubs as well and I think Isak falls into that category and I think Isak could be an elite player in Europe so I think I still kind of attempted to go for Isak, but I'm actually persuaded. I've just remembered that we got Nick Pope for like 10 million. 
<laughs> so I think that makes him the signing of the season. But on Isaac, I can't wait to see him in the Champions League next year. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. That's the one I'm looking forward to most. But Is- Isaac is the signing that like only happens because of our new owners. Oh, you had to do it. You had to ruin all well, the... No, 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 <laughs> I wasn't even going to be negative about that, particularly. I'm just saying it only happens because of we're competing financially in a different sphere than we were previously. Yeah. Whereas actually, Nick Pope, we probably could have signed him anytime under Mike Ashley. We just made a signing like that. But we didn't because... You know, it was Mike Ashley because it was Mike Ashley. You know, although we did under him sign quite a lot of players who turned out to be absolutely amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Just about five years after we signed them. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, shall I end on? I mean, I don't think we can get. We usually give out an award for worst player of the season. Ryan Fraser. Yeah, it feels wrong though. With the, no, the context of this season, um, you, you I saw on Twitter like, Paul M was suggesting shithousery of the season, which feels like a good one. Okay. He says Tyndall telling Pope to sit the fuck down against Brentford, Lascelles bookings when not playing, oh, or Murphy's camp wave to Kaletakar, maybe. I mean, I that's that's my favourite. I think the wave because it's so playful and it's Jacob Murphy and I love him. Oh, <laughs> but I don't know. LaSalle's getting two bookings from. <laughs> that, <line. laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like this new side of us. Yeah. I know it's. I know the the opponents are going to fucking hate it, but I I like. I, I'm kind of reveling in being the side that people don't like. It's it's quite fun. Okay, yeah. So unless you've got any more, I, I think if we're going to go for a worst player, I think Ryan Fraser is a fairly good shout. Yeah, Not I think you could also chuck in Chris Wood to that, which feels unfair. I just think he wasn't suited to our system. If I mean, the way things are going, though, Ryan Fraser could end up our player of the season next year. That's... <laughs> I'd be very surprised. Everyone in the Newcastle United squad does get a chance of redemption, it seems. Who do you think will have the best season next year out of, say, Longstaff, Willock, Anderson, Murphy? Willock. I'd say Joe Willock. I think that's a good shot. There's going to be a lot more games because of Europe, so you'd hope that they all do get a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, Willick did end the season with an injury, which hopefully isn't too bad. But hamstring, you know, wasn't it? Say that again? Yeah, wasn't it, it was hamstring? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd say Joe Willick could do pretty well next season but so could the other two we'll see I mean what's interesting is the the players that we're getting linked with already like quite a few like so we've linked been linked, hard linked with um, Soboslai 
from RB Leipzig, who's like a, an, a like a central midfielder in, in much in the same way as Joe Willock. The Hungarian captain, and he's got a lovely YouTube reel. I really he's, like him. He's very exciting. Um, Gabri Vega from Celta Vigo, 21 years old. Again, central midfielder, much in the same way as like um, Joe Linton, Longstaff, and, uh, well, more Willick again. And uh, this this 18-year-old kid, Arda Gula, who's Turkish from Fenerbahce, um, 18 years old, full of silky skills and attacking threat. But those two, like Vega also and Sobis, James, like, Also James Madison, who's... Sort of yeah, of course. Yeah, Harvey Barnes as well. But those, like, so Madison, Sobersly and, and Vega all played in a similar role to Joe Willock. Now, unless you're going to not play Joe Willock or you're going to um, play him out, like, out on the wing or whatever, it's just, I don't know how you're going to, you know, manage that. Well, we need well, a, a bigger squad, don't we? And uh, yeah, I think it told towards the end of this season that we didn't have a big enough squad. I think for the intensity, the intensity we play at, we need we need that depth, especially with the extra however many games we'll have. Yeah, I mean, Bruno was the only recognised central midfielder in the in the yeah. team against Chelsea. Unreal. We still got a point. Anthony Gordon got his goal, which I'm really happy to see. Yeah. yeah. So let yeah, let's talk about transfers. I'm just looking at our playing squad because uh, our, our we did fill our allocation last season with like players registered. I think there's so, a lot of contracts supposedly being offered to likes of Paul Dummer, Matt Ritchie. Really? Yeah, yeah. Really? I'm just looking at it now. Paul Dummett and Matt Ritchie. Yeah, they're both their contracts end this month. That really surprised me. That yeah. they get well, Paul Dummett would help us out with the homegrown rule, and um, he's useful to have around the the um, the squad and all the rest of it. Matt Ritchie, I'm not so sure. I mean, one thing that might be an idea is to offer him the same deal that Tom Huddleston's got. Where he's got a contract, but he plays for the under twenty ones. Oh, was that um, Manu? Yeah. So you've got this. There's like experienced pro who's you know basically on the books to instill the the ethos of the club with the youngsters. And I can't think of many players who would more enjoy the role of bollocking children than than Matt Ritchie. Going to bring through okay. a series of violent kids. <laughs> I'd like, to think the against it. <laughs> I'd like to think that in being offered those contracts, they're not being guaranteed places in the squad. Do we? Okay. But, um, no. Um, we'll see. But yeah, so there's a few that we need to like move on. There's talk that like um, Nick Pope might be the only like definite, like the goalkeeper that's, that's definitely going to hang around because... Gillespie doesn't really count as homegrown. Loris Carrius certainly doesn't. Martin Dubravka will want game time and might not get it like sufficient for him. One so, idea I saw on the because the homegrown thing now it's even more. It's got to be players who've come through your youth team, isn't it? I saw someone on Twitter suggesting a good backup keeper choice would be Fraser Forster because he did come through the Newcastle Academy. There might be. The, what's that? Sorry. 
Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you'd count, but yeah. Yeah, no, that would count. So I think there's a few, there might be a few clever little moves like that where it's transfers that seemingly make no sense. But apparently we want Carrius to stay, which I think makes more sense than Dubravka in a mm. way, because Carrius can at least play that same way Pope does. And he'll be more content to sit on the bench. Maybe we can get him to uh, to start if we finish, if we get to the Champions League final. <laughs> God, the ultimate redemption arc. <laughs> Just get so, Nick Pope to get sent off. Uh, Emil Kraft, he's he's still got another year on his contract, uh, on his uh, yeah, contract, but he was good when Trippier was injured last season. Kraft filled I mean, in. I think he looked better than Mankio. But we've got Harrison Harris... Ashby now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kraft will be moved on, I'm sure, or at least like we'll try to. And, but then you've also got like, um, like the aforementioned Ryan Fraser, um, Jeff Hendrick. Um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I think he's just out of contract, isn't it? Oh, I want to see no, him in the Champions got, League. We've got Jeff Hendrick for another year. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Isaac Hayden on our books for another three years. Nice. We could have um, done with him second half of this season if he wasn't injured. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you've mentioned a few midfielders who we are linked with. Mm-hmm. Um, should we just ask, uh, without getting bogged down in it, what positions would you like to fill and who are your sort of realistic dream signings for those positions? I think I think the um I left well no, it's like right right attack inside, but um I don't I don't know who could play out there other than like maybe Madison. Madison would be great. Um I think left back. And I have no names. I have no idea who who would be great at left back. Um, well, we're, we're consistently linked with Kieran Tierney, aren't we? Yeah, I, I have to be honest. I'm not not particularly excited by that. Like, I think he's better than Matt Target, but not by much. I think his injury record is the main worry mm-hmm. as well. I'm not excited by the links to Scott McTominay. I, 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 think, just Tierney, I think Tierney's very rated by Arsenal fans, but yes, the, the injury record is a is a worry. And it's clear that Eddie Howe really likes Scott McTominay. McTominay. Uh, He's been linked with him for a, a long time. And mm. I, I mean, it, it could be... I, I'm, re- I'm ready to delegate my, like, footballing assessment to... Eddie Howe on that one. Yeah. I think as well, we saw towards the end of this season when Longstaff wasn't there, we missed that type of player. So I think there's there's an argument for having basically another version of Bruno, McTominay for Longstaff. And McTominay's a top lie, whatever he's called for Willis. Top sly. Top sly. But yeah, but McTominay is a an unglamorous player or signing, but he he has like, I mean, Man United. We it's only now that we're suddenly a team who is pretty much comparable with Man United. And although they've been like a laughing stock in years gone by, they have consistently qualified for Europe. And he has played a lot of football 
I know, but he just feels like he feels like one of those Man United players who years ago would have gone to Watford or Sunderland mm. and yeah. been fine. And bear in mind, we're, we're a Champions League team that is consistently picking Sean Longstaff and um, Jacob Murphy and Dan Byrne. I'm like, not saying he's like a huge upgrade on what we've got. But that's that's but the he, point. But he does play. But he does play a more defensive and glamorous role than most of our midfielders, which I could see being very useful. I would much rather Ross um, either spend the money elsewhere and just keep Sean Longstaff, or pump the money into it and get Declan Rice, who is better than McDonough by orders of magnitude. I think Rice is that level of player, though, where we can't afford the wages. Probably not. FFP. Yeah. But that's the kind of upgrade I'd want. Like, if, if we're going to spend money on there, because, man, you aren't going to let him go for less than, like, I don't know, like 35, 40 million quid. I don't think Scott McTominay is worth 35, 40 million quid of our budget. I would like, rather I someone like... I would rather like James Ward-Prowse or somebody like that. Yeah, because you could pick I'm, him up for half the price. I might be wrong, but I don't... I think, Well, one, I don't think James Ward-Prowse is going to go for half the price of Scott McTominay. No, I think he'd go for more than McTominay. I think McTominay would go for about 15 million. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know where this like 35 million for Scott McTominay is coming from. I don't see that happening. Dave's his agent. <laughs> And oh, and also, yeah, I don't think his like wages would be insane. And yeah, big players like Declan Rice, it's not just their wages; it's also Bruno and Isak are going to automatically want to be on whatever he's on. But Dave, we've got a new shirt sponsor, right? Yeah, um, uh, it's an entirely unrelated uh, PIF-owned events management company that was founded a couple of months ago. Um, for and apparently they're going to sponsor our shirt for twenty-five million, which is gross, but it is where we are. And didn't think about that at all. No, I, the thing is, it is a fair market price for a Champions League club with ambition to become a title winning club in the future so well that's the weird thing like if it is a fair market price why like set up an events company (laughs) like a fake company why not just like wait for someone else to pay it because they want to reflect in any perceived glory um, so a Saudi events management company on the front of the shirt rather than an American hedge fund is what the owners would want. So They do, they do want to remind everyone all the time. That, yeah. Uh, My problem is I've been fine with all the Saudi stuff so far. What, the killing? This that's, is, that's appalling. But this is the point where I walk away from the club. <laughs> to, to have a, a Saudi events company on the shirt. Just Unless... Uh, Unless Alone. I can book that company to do my children's birthday party. Okay. That, that, that clown's a bit, bit beheady, isn't he? That's, I, I don't know. It's, it's a fair market price, and that's why it'll probably get waved through by the Premier League. It's, it's horseshit, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And 
uh, what it not, is is sports washing. <laughs> but a nice side effect of that is that we might have quite an exciting summer in the transfer window. And for me, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think we'll uh, do many pods over the summer in the break. So do enjoy the break. Maybe take some time off football. Enjoy. Spend some time with your families. Read a book, for heaven's sake. But if we do sign... Uh, if anyone enormous or anything enormous happens in the world of Newcastle United in the break, then who knows, we may come in with an emergency pod. Or maybe we'll just get lonely and want to speak to each other. <laughs> uh, it's happened before. Lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> where we essentially released podcasts where we just did quizzes. Yeah. They were really fun. I loved doing the quiz. They were a, a, I think a lifeline for all of our mental health on reflection. <laughs> Maybe we'll do another one of them. But probably not. Uh, so uh, have a good summer. Uh, with any luck, next season might be half as enjoyable as this season was. Might even be more so. Uh, we're going to end now with a montage of all the best bits from our podcasts uh, over the season. So please enjoy that. Only joking. <laughs> we are nowhere near professional enough uh, to put together something like that. So uh, also, there are no good bits. There are no good bits. To be deep dive into the loan system. And... <laughs> nothing good, there's nothing but good bits. All gold. We could talk some more about VAR if you like, or time wasting. That was a that was a peak. Yeah, there was a there was a bit in the middle of the season where after like three incredible weeks of football, three weeks in a row on the podcast, we started <laughs> a five minute rant on time wasting. <laughs> this is why we are Britain's number one Newcastle podcast unofficially. 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 <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Goodbye! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.